I would invite you to turn in your Bibles to Proverbs chapter 31, the passage that Colin read for us, Proverbs chapter 31. And I just want to look at the last four verses. He didn't read that passage, so let me read that to us um, today. Proverbs 31, verse 28 through 31 says this, Her children rise up and bless her, her husband also, and he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you excel them all. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain, but her, but a wife a wife who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hand and let her works praise her in the gates. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you so much for your word. We just pray that it would be a blessing today, particularly to our mothers. We thank you for speaking to motherhood and giving us examples of the Proverb 31 woman um, I pray that we would apply these uh, things to our own hearts. There's principles in here for all of us, and I pray that we would glean from them and uh, learn from them today that uh, our lives would be uh, glorifying and honoring to you. And we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Sometimes, um, or some things that, or, or when something is done right, when something is done right, it is an attraction it gets our attention. Um, we like to watch it. Facebook uh, it proves that. Um, you, you find yourself watching any little almost silly thing. The other day I, I found myself watching paint being stirred. Or watching some guy uh, chop down a tree. Or building a mud hut. Facebook, it shows us everything, but when something is done right, it draws our attention and you just think, man, that was just just perfect. Now, we know that in the sports world, we see it all the time. and We run those clips over and over in our mind. When it's in football, the, the perfect pass and, and the receiver catches it and he's just parallel to the ground and he catches it just inside the end zone. And, and uh, it's a wonderful thing, a thing of beauty. Or in golf, from the tee, he hits it and, and it goes in. It's a hole-in-one. It's, it's something that attracts us. We want to see that. Or the buzzer beater, the three-point buzzer beater in basketball, the, the grand slam in baseball, the, the perfect run in um, NASCAR. These things, when things are done right, it, it's, it, it's, we love to see it. It attracts us. It's a thing of beauty. It's, we stand in, in awe of those people that can make things happen right. And we rehearse them over and over in our minds. And it's the same thing with life. When we see life done well, life done the way it should be done, it's a thing of beauty. It's a thing of beauty. Um, I remember when we lived in California... Our, uh, I worked at Sears, and one day, uh, Saturday morning, I believe, uh, there was some, uh, the, the salesman, I was a salesman, we were just standing on the floor waiting for customers to come in, and in comes my family, 
and uh, have these little beautiful kids and uh, my wife comes in and the lights just behind them and uh, and their faces uh, shining and my wife is just gorgeous and one of the salesmen looks at me and says Carl you don't deserve your family and I looked at him and I said Scott you're exactly right I don't deserve this family but they just, they were attracted to my family because they were just quaint little family. Of, life was being done the way it should be done. And it's attractive. And we, when we, uh, we have been talking about, uh, the past couple of weeks, we've been talking about the way of righteousness. It's a, a lifestyle of godliness. And it's a thing of beauty when it is done right. It's a thing of beauty. And it comes uh, from just simply obeying God's commands, from applying God's principles and wisdom to our life. Um, And it's when we are living life the way life is to be intended to to live, it, it gets attention. Now, we don't get the credit for that. Understand, we're just living out God's principles in our life. So he gets the credit, credit for it. But it is a thing of beauty when it's done, when it's done right. One of the commands that makes the believer's life so beautiful is the one command of honoring your father and your mother. Honor your parents. Now, we obey our parents when we're young, but we honor them when they're old and when we are old. That's just part of the way of life for the believer. And it's a beautiful thing. This command is is part of the way of righteousness that we've been talking about. And again, it's part of the way of of life for those who, who are believers. And it's a broad enough command that it can be applied to every culture and every age but it's, it can be applied differently in, in different situations. But the principle remains the same, that we are to honor our father and our mother. It's not an option for those who want to live a righteous life. And it's part of our lifestyle. We honor our mothers today. It's Mother's Day. It's Mother's Day. And, uh, and that's a wonderful thing. We need to honor our mothers on Mother's Day. We... Get them flowers and gift cards and, and and gifts, and we honor them in that way. But sometimes I think that's a little shallow. We narrow it down to one day. Okay, we honor our, our parents, and one day Mother's Day and Father's Day, and we throw a little money at it, and we just think, well, that's that's enough. And I wonder if if God had in mind Golden Corral when He gave us that command to honor our parents. I don't think so. I don't think that's what the Bible had in mind. Or the Bible means when it says honor your your parents. It's a lifestyle. It's a way of of living. Now, when the Bible requires something, when the Bible expects something of us, it usually gives us examples of what how to do it. Or what to do. And I think this passage that we just read is one of those passages. It gives us an example of, of how to honor our mothers. And it's a wonderful passage. This is the Proverbs 31 woman. She is the epitome of womanhood. Just like the, the Psalm uh, chapter 1. In Psalm chapter 1 is the picture of the godly man. 
Psalm 31 is the, the picture of the godly woman. She's the role model. She is the embodiment of what God expects for, for females. And he made them male and female. And they have different roles. And, and this is God's expectations here. And she's living a life the way life is to be lived. She is applying God's principles to her life. She's industrious. She's focused on her family. She has the right priorities. She's the perfect wife and, and mother. And folks, the more I look at this passage... This passage is not so much about being a mother and being a wife. And it is a little bit. But this passage exalts womanhood in general. This passage is exalting, lifting up, putting on a platform women and their role. And the beauty of their life when that life is lived to the glory of God. Now, the world doesn't appreciate that. The world doesn't exalt motherhood. It doesn't really exalt womanhood. Um, in fact, it kind of looks down on those, uh, uh, those roles. Uh, whether it's the dominant husband or the women's lib or equality or pornography or, or uh, they're just seen as second-class citizens many times. In the world's eyes. Even in the civil society, if you, uh, if you are sidetracked with a pregnancy, oh, you, you just get that aborted. You don't want anything to stand in the way of your goals and your dreams in life. When you're blessed with talents, you don't want to waste those talents on raising children. Women are told if you're, if they settle for for motherhood, then they're sacrificing their giftedness on something that somebody else can do for minimum wage. You just farm those children out to uh, to daycare. The world does not really appreciate womanhood. Even women's lib that we hear about, the equality. And I just think, you know, do they think they're not equal? Men and women are equal before God. We don't have to be Come equal to men. They are equal to men. And I think it's very demeaning to women to even use that terminology. We must not, as believers and as a church, we must not let the world shape our idea or image of womanhood. We must not... We must not let them influence us. We need to set forth a model of what it is to be a woman. To be a wife. To have a family. The Proverbs 31 woman does that. And she doesn't get the credit for it. She's just living out all of the principles that Solomon has laid forth in the book of Proverbs This last chapter just points to how those principles are lived out perfectly in the life of a a woman. And it is a beautiful thing. It's a beautiful thing. And she's praised for it. The best way, folks, the best way for us to elevate the view of womanhood is to elevate our view of motherhood. To make beautiful motherhood. To make beautiful marriage. 
to make family beautiful again. The sitcoms have, have destroyed families. It's not a good thing. Now, how can we do this? How can we promote, or I'm sorry, how can we uh, properly honor our mothers and, and elevate womanhood? And, and how can we elevate motherhood in our society? Well, this passage will, there's a couple of principles here that I think this passage will answer for us. And, and uh, it will help us in this way. Number one, here's the first principle. Those who have benefited from the woman's sacrifice should praise her. Now, let me say that again. Those who benefit from the woman's sacrifice should praise her. That's the broad, overarching principle here. Let me show you in verse 28. Her children rise up and bless her, her husband also. And he praises her, saying, Many daughters have done nobly, but you have excelled them all. I love that word, nobly. The the word just... uh, it, it's it's the quality that we place on something that is of value, that has has worth in it, that's useful, like strength or uh, uh, wealth. We see the the value in that and the efficiency. So the picture is is these women they've worked really hard, they've honed their skills, and this Proverbs thirty one woman has excelled that. That noble goal, and the word excel, that just ascends. It means she's done better than all the rest, and she is praised for it. It says her children bless her, and her husband praises her. Children, the word bless there is highly favored, and it really is more of a cheer. Literally, it means go on. Or go straight, advance. It's the idea of, of running this race and the runner is just going so well and, and everybody's behind her, cheering her on. You're doing great. Keep going. Go on. That's the idea. Her children bless her. Her husband esteems her, praises her. That's the, the word. Uh, esteem or approve uh, uh, is approval gives approval of her. But the idea, there's a little bit of uh, an idea in this word of boasting. He, he brags about her. Have you seen my wife? Look at this. Did you see what she did? There's a little bit of boasting in that. And I, I love that. Those who benefit from her sacrifice, it's a natural thing for them to praise her. But it's also an obligation. They have an obligation to to rise up and and bless her. It's a natural thing, though. And if you notice down in verse 31, actually, praise is mentioned several times. Uh, the, The woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. Give her the product of her hands and let her works praise her in the gate. Even if her children or her husband don't rise up, the works that she does, they're going to be evident. They're going to be seen. Everybody's going to take note and they're going to praise her anyway. That's the idea here. It's just, it's just so obvious. This is genuine praise. This is not shallow praise. This is something's genuine. Now, this is verbal affirmation, we might call it. Verbal affirmation. 
She's doing well. Keep going. She's done well. In Ephesians chapter 4, in verse 29, says this, Let no unwholesome word proceed out of your mouth, but only such a word as is good for edification. Now that's the idea. Building her up. Encouraging her. Keep going. And it goes on to say, according to the need of the moment, so that it will give grace to those who hear. How much value is praise? What kind of, what kind of uh, benefit is, is praise? Well, it's, it's kind of underestimated many times. But praise, it gives hope. It, it gives encouragement. It gives strength to our life uh, again. When we're down or discouraged, praise just comes along and, and it just lifts us up. It builds us up again. It edifies us. And it extends grace. I love that. Folks, we need grace on a daily basis. Men, your wives need grace. They need praise on a daily, daily basis. I, that's why I love the church being together. We, we encourage one another, don't we? We build one another up. We praise one another. Now, you say, well, praise isn't my love language. I'd rather have this or I'd rather have that. Well, that's kind of a man-made construct. This is, this is praise. Genuine praise. Now, there's a point here that I want you to notice here. When something is, is excellent, it is appreciated more under scrutiny. These are the people that are closest to her. They know her life. Now, just like uh, you can drive by a house and, and you can say, man, that's a beautiful house. We, when we were house hunting, we, we would uh, drive by a house and we would we'd say, man, I want to see that house. So we would arrange a meeting we'd, uh, to go in and, and see that house. And we would get in the house and we would look at it sometimes and say, man, this house is not worth it. This is not, this is not an impressive house. But some houses... The closer we get, it was a beautiful on the outside. The closer we get, we look inside and it was a beautiful house. We, we would analyze it, we would scrutinize it, we would look at every little thing and, and we would say, that's a beautiful house. Here's the principle. Godliness and true wisdom being lived out in our life is more impressive the closer you get to it. That's what you see here. Our greatest praise should come from those closest to us when we're living out a godly life. And we shouldn't really care what the world thinks. We really shouldn't care about the world's praises because we can fool the world. But these, these people, or, or this uh, Proverbs 31 woman was praised by those closest to her. They saw her sincerity. They saw her sacrifice, personal sacrifice. They saw her pure motives in what she was doing. And the world doesn't see that many times. She's praised. She is praised. If we want to make womanhood look beautiful again, and motherhood, and, and family, and, and wives, and, and the duties of, of these uh, God-given institutions... We need to praise our wife. Let's just apply this. Number one, men, we talk about the games, 
We talk about the players. We talk about NASCAR. We rehearse these plays over and over in our minds. But we neglect to praise our wives and our mothers. And you know why we don't? Because the sitcoms don't. Because the world doesn't. In fact, what the world does, they encourage us. In fact, they expect us to talk bad about our wives. They expect us to talk bad about our marriages and our mothers. Because these, these marriages make our lives miserable according to the sitcoms. And it's just a, a necessary evil in our life that, that we have to, to put up with. That is not biblical. It's not biblical at all. And that just reinforces, folks, that just reinforces uh, the demeaning view of womanhood, womanhood in the world. Men, you know how to draw attention to things. You can draw attention to your wife and praise her. Uh, when we were uh, traveling out west, when we were coming back east and we were traveling, we were going through uh, Yellowstone or uh, one of these, one of these places, maybe a state park, and, and we're driving this curvy canyon road, and uh, and all of a sudden the traffic just stops, and everybody pulls off the side of the road, and and we're wondering what's going on. And uh, uh, as we were driving past, we're kind of looking for a place to to pull over and stop and, and look and see what everybody else is looking at. And uh, we rolled down our window and asked someone, uh, what's going on? And they said, well, there's a, a grizzly bear across the river here, and he's uh, caught a, an elk and is dragging it up the hill. It was an amazing thing. Now, I, I say that because just because everybody else was looking at it, we wanted to look at it. Just because everybody else was, it was getting everybody else's attention, we wanted to get attention. We wanted to see what was uh, it was all about. Men, you know how to get attention to your wife. You can praise her. You can praise her her cooking. You can praise her patience with the the children. You can praise her forgiving spirit, or the way she orders her home and manages everything. You can. Praise her cleanliness, just cleaning the home. You can praise her godliness. You know how to get attention. Men, you have an obligation. You have a responsibility to praise your wives. Ladies, just by way of application, the highest element of, of uh, honor that you're going to receive is praise. You say, I don't like praise. It's not my, it's not what I, I like. Well, folks, that's what we're all going to receive when we get to heaven. There's not going to be a boatload of money for us waiting for, okay, good job down on earth and here's, here's your money. It's not going to happen that way. What we're going to receive is praise. What we are going to, what we're looking forward to for as God's people, as servants of God is these words. These words of praise, well done, thou good and faithful servant. That's what I want to hear. Praise from the right people. Well done. Women, you need to, to take that praise to heart. Take in that praise. It's a wonderful thing to be praised by your children, to be praised by your husband. 
And it says they will rise up or they they rise up. And that's sometimes future sense, future tense. The uh, the children in your life may not see that right now, but someday they will and they will look back and they will praise you. So just hang on. It may not be now, but at some point they will praise you. Also, ladies, don't expect praise from the world. In fact, you can expect uh, you can expect um, uh, contradictions from the world. You can expect discouragement from the world. The world doesn't really appreciate the the duties of a of a wife and motherhood and family. They don't really appreciate those things. We have to cultivate those things into our children. She's equipped her children to rise up and call her blessed and recognize those things in her in her life. Godliness, when it's lived out, deserves praise. Now, number two, we must recognize and exalt the distinctions of a godly woman. We must recognize and we must exalt the distinctions of a godly woman. What makes a godly woman a godly woman? Look at verse 30 and 31. Here's the principle laid out for us. He just lays it out right here. Charm is deceitful and beauty is vain. But a woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. That's the principle. Give her the product of her hand. And let her works praise her in the gates. The gates there is just the, the, the high places of the city. The most important places uh, of the city. It's where the elders would meet, elders of the city, and they would come together and make decisions. And, and that's where all the town would gather and hear those things. And, and people are saying, hey, did you see that woman? She gets attention even in the city gates. Now, she doesn't get attention because of her charm. It says charm is deceitful. And beauty is vain. The word charm there is, is, um, is, just means grace. But it's those things that are, um, that are attractive and appealing to the senses. They stimulate our, our senses, our, our physical, fleshly senses. Beauty does that. There's a, a pleasantness. Now those things are good, but they're just fleeting. They're, they're shallow. It's like the, the word vain here just means vapor. It's just, it's like smoke. It just dissipates. It's just there and then it's all of a sudden gone. Our world, folks, today just lives for those senses to be stimulated. That's all they live. For. It's a very shallow life. It really is. They, they just live for that beauty and for that charm. They don't go beyond that at all. But those things are fading. This lady lives for the, the fear of the Lord, it says. But the woman who fears the Lord, she shall be praised. That's what distinguishes her. That's what makes her different. These things are permanent. These things are uh, of substance in her life. It's God's commands being lived out. God's principles being lived out in her life. And she's living in reverence of God's fatherly oversight in her life. She wants to hear, well done. She wants to please God. And she's living out God's 
God's commands, not hers. She's trusting in God's understanding, not her own understanding. She is God's servant, not her own servant. She's just here to serve God. She's simply doing what God has called her to do. Live in the fear of the Lord. That's what she's doing. She's not distinct because she's a victorious secret model. She's not distinct because she's some great leader or this perfect administrator or this woman of global impact. Or she's not distinct because she's set her eyes on the presidency or she's some glamorous movie star or some successful business woman. She is simply a wife and a mother. That's her focus. That's her life. And she has made a name for herself. She's lived out God's principles to God's glory. And she's gotten attention. And it is a beautiful thing. People are in awe of her. They look and they're amazed. And they see worth there. Value. Look back at Proverbs 31, verse 10. An excellent wife, who can find her? For her worth is far above jewels. Jewels. That would be the most uh, valuable thing of that day would be a, a jewel, a cut diamond, perfectly cut or, or a gemstone, some kind of jewel. And there's great wealth there, but hers is, is far beyond that. Her wealth. Now here's a principle. It's a spiritual principle. That true virtue commands permanent respect and affirmation. Far more than, than charm and beauty and of the face and form. Those things. Virtue. Godliness. Fearing the Lord. Those things are opposite from the world. That's what makes her distinct. These things are, are not just the, the senses. This goes beyond. This is substance. These things are things of eternity value. Eternity sake. Now let's just apply this quickly. Number one, we must have the right standards, don't we? We must have the right uh, tools to evaluate uh, our lives. We have to have the right standards. We can't use the world's shallow standards. They're, they're surfacy. They might be important a, a little bit, but, but they fade so quickly. Hairstyles, dress. Today it's, it seems to be the latest dance move that you can, that you can do. Or, or your progressiveness. Folks, those things are faddish and they will disappear in a year or two. But the fruit of the Spirit, character, faithfulness, godliness, those things are going to last for all eternity. Many times we don't look past this life. Our judgment many times, the world's judgment many times just excludes God. Excludes eternity. Um, we have to use biblical criteria in our judgments. And we have to keep in mind eternity. We must 
Number two, just by way of application, we must look at, we must recognize, folks, self-sacrifice. We have to recognize hard work and true spiritual work, things of eternal value. I believe we miss them. We don't look past Today, we don't look past the, the, just the, the stimulating uh, elements of our life, of our day. We have a very shallow life many times. We have to get beyond that. We have to live life in light of eternity. We have to keep our eyes on Christ, don't we? We know that as servants of Christ. Number, number three, women, moms, you, you must equip your children to appreciate spiritual things. She has, she has caused her children to, to see and, and to recognize the, the value of her life, the sacrifice of her life, and they rise up and they bless her. They see that because she has instilled that into their, into their lives. Number four, women are, are you eager? Are you eager to, to just live out God's plans? It says just, just give her the product of her hand. Just, just turn her loose. Let her go. And she will produce. Just let her live out God's principles. She'll live this life that is beautiful. Just unleash her. And folks, what we've seen is women bring a refinement to our life that men could never produce. Just turn them loose and let them go. But but we have to have mothers who are eager to do this. And I know it's so easy to get discouraged. But you have to think, someday these little ones are going to control the world. They're going to be the ones in charge and they can point back to a mom and says, my mom taught me this. Those things that last. Folks, we can have a better understanding of femininity. We can elevate womanhood by praising her and by recognizing her value, recognizing those things in her that are lasting. Now the thing, the, the thing is, the question is, is, is are you helping or are you hurting the image that the world has of motherhood? What image do you have? Is it being influenced by the world? Or is it solidly biblical? We have to think about those things. Christ lived the perfect life, didn't He? N- nobody will live that, that perfect life. But Christ did. And when John looked at it, he, he recalled in John in the first part of John, John chapter 1, he looked at Christ's life and he said, it was full of grace and truth. We beheld His glory and it was full of grace and truth. It was a beautiful life, perfect balance of grace and truth coming together. There was a thing of beauty. The Proverbs 31 woman is a, a thing of beauty. And it draws our attention. It's attractive to us because it's a way of righteousness. And her life promotes it promotes so many godly principles. Promotes a, a high view of God's institutions of marriage and motherhood and womanhood in general. 
And the best thing that we can do, folks, is apply God's principles to our life and live these things out in our life. Live a way of righteousness so that it can be attractive to the world. And mothers, when you do that, it is a beautiful thing. And for the rest of us, we need to recognize it and we need to praise it. We need to praise it. It's a thing of beauty. Satan would love to destroy families. Love to destroy families. We have to be careful not to contribute to what Satan is doing. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy. And we have to be careful not to be a a pawn. Not to have the same understanding, the same view of women that the world has. Let's go to the Lord in prayer. Father, we thank you. For your word, we thank you for the guidance that it gives. We just pray that you would use it to in our lives, in our hearts, bring it to mind. Help us to have the right view of women. Help us to see the, the good qualities there, the godliness there, the fear of the Lord in her life, and then praise that and train up a generation that can recognize those same things. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.